Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hey, welcome back. This is Laurel Langmire, and we're doing our podcast again on Laurel's Real Money Talks, how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest money. Why do you need a team when you are working to your millionaire status? On a regular basis, I interview amazing people that I either have met through the internet or amazing uh, <laughs> new place to meet or some great friends. So actually the woman who helps my podcast, Michelle introduced me to Philip Stutz today. He has an extraordinary book. I can't wait to read it. Have not read all of it. <laughs> did a quick review before our interview, and it's the Undefeated Marketing Systems. And I'm excited to talk to you, Philip, today about just the, the direction that you took your practice and your marketing. So uh, welcome first to Laurel's Where Money Talks. Yeah, thanks. I'm uh, honored to be here, Laurel. Love what you put out in the world. And so this is going to be fun. So talk to us a little bit about just your background. How did you arrive really doing marketing campaigns for presidents and highly, yeah. <laughs> highly effective. Some of the people that you have clients, I'm just, I love them. So I'm excited about this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 47. Uh, and when I was growing up in the 1980s, I was diagnosed with uh, ADD, not, not ADHD that hadn't come out yet. Uh, I was before <laughs> I was pre ADHD, just ADD. And uh, so the 1980s, they put me on Ritalin. I was one of the first Ritalin ADD kids ever. And uh, the reason being is that I, you know, my, I do have attention deficit disorder. I, I was told in the eighties that uh, I was, uh, I was not smart. They put me in, uh, they put, basically put me in classes in school that were, I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating slightly above special education. You're kidding. Um, I was no, no, I was pretty much told my whole life I was a dummy. And, um, uh, but ultimately uh, I, and I wasn't very good at school. Most entrepreneurs probably aren't. And, but I found out that I have extreme focus when I'm extremely interested and Mm. when I'm not interested, can't focus at all. If you see my wife makes fun of me so much, Laurel, because she says, (laughs) if you were at a party and somebody comes up to you, talks to you, and you're you're not interested. It is painful to watch the experience. Because right? you're like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I just nod. I don't say anything. And I'm like, oh, my God, get me out of here. Yeah. So anyway, but um, awesome. but ultimately, it led to the understanding by the end of uh, by, by college that I needed to do something I'd be really passionate about. And so uh, I really only cared about two things when I was uh, in college, and that was college football, which you and I had a yep. long discussion on. And, uh, and the other was politics and not like uh, environmental policy, not, you know, tax yeah. law policy. I didn't care about any of that. I cared about how these politicians were getting elected. And I was just fascinated. Well, I got to ask you, it. though, I have to interrupt. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Yeah. How does a college kid get interrupted or I, like, or I mean, interested or even care, quite frankly, how people get elected. I think it's fascinating that you took interest in that. So what what, really what got good, you there? Really good question. So in 1994, uh, after 40 years of Democratic congressional uh, control, the Republicans had this contract with America and they, um, they swept into office and took the House and the United States House and Senate, right? You may remember this, you may not. Yeah. But I do because I was at college and I was taking political science classes 
Interesting. We were having to write papers on them. And I became fascinated by how after 40 years of one party control, could one party come back, sweep in? And, you know, when you think the Democrats are an institution and will never come out of power and how, how that would change. And obviously it's been fascinating because ever since then we've, we've gone, we toggled back and forth between control and Congress. And so uh, I, I just felt like that was super interesting how that happened. So I wanted to learn more and started my, I, I got on my first campaign in 1896. Uh, that was working uh, to help Bob Dole get elected president. Um, and so wow. I experienced my first loss as well. Uh, you know, I've been a part of um, eight presidential campaigns, three winning campaigns. And then, you know, over since that 1996 period, I've, I've been a part of 1,433 election wins. Wow. Uh, Good yeah, for a lot you. of losses too, but not as many. <laughs> I mean, not, yeah. as, not as great, but, uh, but, and so you, you, you may understand what I'm about to say I, it, it, about, so I'm, like I said, I'm 47 and about seven years ago, I had that itch. I felt like um, I was going up a roller coaster, right? My whole life. And it's just going up, going up, going up, going up. And then you hit 40, you kind of crest over that roller coaster and you look down and you go, crap, that's it. That's <laughs> yep. life. The rest of my life, that's it. And, you know, a lot that's of people, funny. men or women, they, at that moment, they go uh, cheat on their spouses or they go buy Harley Davidson's or, you know, they get a bunch of awesome. things like that. I, I, I just decided. To, I love your to truth telling. No, thank you. I, I've become a serial entrepreneur. So I channeled it in a weird way. And I felt like, I wonder if the way we elect politicians could help entrepreneurs and businesses grow from a marketing perspective. And that really propelled the, the last seven years of my life in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I've got. I've done a lot of other things and this has been the most experimental decade of my life and many, many different places. But I want to go back. So like dissect for those uh, that are listening and our audience is all over the world and everyone's in yeah. interesting political chaos. I'll call it right now. So mm -hmm. what are some of the, you know, the defining things in marketing campaigns or campaigns, political campaigns that get them elected? So if you say you have to have these three or four things, right, these things have to be in existence or they most likely won't win. What, how would you? Yeah, it's, that? that's a really good question. So I, I, it's really the, the book that I wrote, it's called The Undefeated Marketing System, how to grow your business and build your audience using the secret formula that elects presidents. And so that's basically, okay. you just teed so it good. up. Yeah. And so it's really five steps. And so what happens, yeah. I'll tell you how it works in politics and then we can kind of translate it over to business. But um, in politics, the politician will sit down with me and they say, hey, I want to run for the US Senate, right? And I'll go, great, what, what do you want to run on? What are your core beliefs that you, you really want to run this race on? And inevitably, the egotistical politician gives me 27 different policy issues that they want to run on. And I go, oh my God, no one wants to hear your 27 <laughs> policy issues. But uh, so here, here's the deal. We're going to take those 27 policy issues and we're going to run a deep data dive within the voters of your state to figure out what they care about most within those 27 issues. Interesting. And that's through polling. It's through consumer data. It's, it's, it, I could go on for days. It's too, too extensive to tell you. But ultimately, you find two or three topics, two or three of those policy issues blow through the roof so much that that politician could win, even if they're an unknown or even an unsavory candidate. If the voters knew that they cared about those issues, okay. then the politician will win the race, right? 
from that point on, I don't talk about 24 or 25 other issues that they brought up. I only concentrate on the two because there's a consistency and an alignment. The politician already believes in it and the, it's the voters number one or number two issue, right? And yeah. that's what I'm trying to get across to business owners more than anything else. So yeah. many business owners, you know, I love the, the, the biggest flaw we have as business owners, Laura, you may uh, participate in this. I know I have. Is no, that we I love have a feeling I know what you're going to say. We love to tell our founder's story. Love to tell our founder's story, right? Uh, I love it. I mean, it, it's something I'm very proud yep. of. So I love to tell. But what if you knew as, an, as a business owner that your founder's story, that your customers really only cared about 25% of it? Because I can tell you what it is. And if you knew now, that, you know, I'm going to have you diagnose mine because, you know, mine's the farm yeah. girl from Nebraska story sure. that became a millionaire. I know mm -hmm. that that and then but I'll tell you the biggest part of my story, I think attracts people is my single mom story. But I would mm. love to know that. That's interesting. Because don't you but think most you entrepreneurs, knew, Philip, they, they do what they right. want to do, not what the data says. I just really want to point to. Like you oh. started with data, you end with data, like you let the data drive, drive the brand. But yeah. I don't, most entrepreneurs yeah. are like squirrels, you know, I want a little of that, a little of that, a little of that, like there's no focus. Yeah. Let's go back to being ADD. We're, we're all a little ADD here, right? So, um, but if I could tell you that 25% of your founder's story would give you exponential results, would you continue talking the 75 or would you take the 25 and start optimizing on top of that? And so for us, for me, I became so obsessed with the step one in our process that I created a partnership with the largest data collection analytics and AI company in America. And in my database, I have 240 million American consumers, 550 million connected devices, and I'm tracking 10 billion online purchasing it. decisions <laughs> every day and a trillion searches. So I can actually overlay a subscriber list, a customer list, a client list. And we can track their movements online. And if you track their movements online, you see what they do, not necessarily what they say. And so we've done these reports for Fortune 200 companies. Uh, we've done, you know, I've been, I've advised Mark Cuban on a lot of his data. And ultimately, I can tell you in the data, the top uh, social media platforms that your customers go go to in a chronological order. I can tell you the top three values in the lives of your customers. I can tell you what they read specifically and what shows they watch on TV specifically. And so Love my that. point, whether it's in politics or in business, yep. before you spend any other money trying to talk and message and put your brand out there and put your website up and all these things, find out what your customers love and want and where there's an alignment with your brand or your company or your, co or your, yep. your product or service, and then start building on top of that as your marketing plan. I love that. How rare. So you're really, I got to say you're marketing, but it's a lot of data analysis, which, which, which is, oh, but that's all I've, yeah, I've done data analysis for like 26 years now. So I, it's yeah. my, it's my foundation, yeah. right? I don't want to give somebody advice because I feel I have this good feeling in my head. Like, I just don't feel that that's the ethical thing to do. I think the ethical, like I'll give you a great example. Let me tell you this story. You'll okay. love it. Um, I'm sitting in an office chair right now. Okay, this is a Shark Tank company. They came to us and they said, we just got VC funding. Okay. And they said, we've got to double the company in the next 12 months. And we looked at their data and we found out that, that they were spending 85% of their marketing dollars on Facebook. 
exempt. Facebook was the fifth best performing platform for the company. Fifth. Yeah. 85% of dollars, fifth best social media platform that they were spending money on. But guess exactly. what? They had a Facebook marketing agency. <laughs> yep. So do you think that agency is ever going to tell them this is not a very good platform for you? Right. And I'm not saying you shouldn't spend but money on Facebook. What's interesting is did the Facebook yeah. agency even know the, the top one? Oh, of course. Not. They know no, they were in five. They, they no. probably didn't even know that. I just want to point that Mm-mm. like the data you're talking about, like I, I am so impressed. Like I get the significance. Those of you listening, this should drive every decision in your company. So right. I love this. Correct. So, so, so how my do, point is, is yeah. that like, for, let me finish it. And then, so they came to us and we said, it's the fifth performing platform, but you have a Facebook ad agency that's making you spend 85% of your dollars. The number one platform was Pinterest because women during the pandemic had gone back to work and they were working from home and they wanted a comfortable office chair. And that became their, their primary market and they didn't know it, but the data told us this. And so they said, we never thought about marketing on, on Pinterest. And so here they were spending 85% of their ad dollars in a platform that was the fifth best platform for them across the board. And they weren't even spending any dollars to market to a market they had never reached to, reached out to before. Yeah. That was their number one market target market. So that's what in the same thing in politics, when we're trying to find independent voters, or we're trying to find voters that haven't voted in many, many years, it's the same sort of principle behind that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Now, I'm curious, once you find, I'm going to go back to the founder story as an example, you find that the the 25%, then what? What's some other steps that you go through, right? When you identify, now we're going to focus on the 25% of the message, then what else do you go well, with what's common, your next go-to? Yeah. yeah, the common mistake uh, everybody does is they go start spending money or they build their website and then they start spending money. And I'm like, those are the last steps. Um, what you do, the second thing is, you know, Laurel, I'm sure when you went out on your own or you wrote your books, you wrote a plan, you wrote a business plan. I'm yep. sure with your own money and your own finances, you have your own financial plan. You got to write a marketing plan. Now that you know what the data says from your customers, and you know what your vision is as the business owner, where is that alignment? And then how do you play money ball with that plan? And what I mean by that is just like the story I told you, how does the data line up with how, what, how your money should be spent on ads? How fast do you wanna get there? What are the messages that have to be used? How do you, what platforms do they need to go on? Yep. You have to have a strategy in place. So that's step two. Step three for us is now that you have the data and you have a plan and we all agreed on it, you start building the brand out because before I spend money, on ads to send people to my brand or my, you know, my product website or whatever it is, yep. you want to make sure that website definitely resonates with the customer or the client or the subscriber or whoever it is. Why would you spend a dollar to send them to a website that they go, that doesn't speak to me. So you must do the brand third. And then fourth is now that you've got all those three steps in place, you go take the top messages that uh, you found in the data and you start testing them. So this is where a lot of mistakes happen because a lot of ad agencies, a lot of marketing agencies, they say, we love to test ads, but they just make up the message. And then they tell you the best one that hits. I take the top five to 10 messages in the data and I test that. So for example, we worked with a supplement company 
And the supplement company said, and one of the, the things that I like to do is I like to introduce the concept of negative ads into mm. corporate America and in a way that doesn't offend anybody. I call it comparatizing. It's comparative advertising. I like that. And, and so we tested 10 different things in the data that we found on this supplement company. And ultimately, we found the top two messages in our testing phase were one, an anti-soda ad, because we found in the data that 72% uh, of the customers didn't like soda or didn't drink soda. And the mm -hmm. second thing was 50% of their market in the data told us they were vegan and vegetarian. So we ran a vegan vegetarian testing ad. We ran a bunch of other ads, but the top two, number two was the vegan vegetarian ad. Makes sense. It's 50% yep. of the market. But the number one ad was the anti-soda ad. And because we did the creative concept of comparatizing, so we just said, you know, their customer base already didn't like soda. So we just said, you know, soda was horrible and this is the anti-soda company. I said, so the customer goes, yeah, I'm that way too. It's, it's like, you know, the me too, like that's in a different way, but it's like, that's what we're trying to get out of them. Right. And that particular ad had a two X conversion rate over the number two test ad we did. And the reason we did that is because we found it in the data. I didn't do anything special. I just found it in the data and I applied a different concept called comparatizing to the ad. And it, it was the most successful ad they ever ran in the history of their company. The fifth step for mm -hmm. us is now that you've tested, you know what works, uh, you've got your brand in place, you've got your plan in place, you know what the customers want. Now you launch your marketing campaign because you've eliminated all your risk. I'm sure, Laurel, all you yes. do when you talk to people is how do you diversify your portfolio so you eliminate risk and have exponential growth or 10% growth or whatever. It's always yep. growth, right? Yep. Yep. I'm the same way in marketing. This system yep. is literally the same way in marketing. I've eliminated the risk of the business owner mm -hmm. every step before they go spend money. And then once they spend money, I've almost assured that they're going to have success and not have any loss. And get their ROI back, which most, most marketers can't really or have a more challenging time even creating an ROI out of even a, a campaign, much less the whole marketing plan. So genius, Absolutely. genius. Right. So I want to ask uh, a question because this uh, new website, a new brand is out. I do, I more your personal, you can pass if you want. I'll give you a little out. What do you think of Facebook going to Meta? Just as a brand, and like that's a that that's a very broad question. So give uh, me a more narrow uh, narrow. Well, that I heard that they uh, launched a conference a few weeks ago. It completely bombed. Um, and I'm just curious, like when you said, like the, if the name doesn't resonate, like it doesn't seem right. metaverse seems to be resonating, but just meta as a name and as people converting doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be going well for them. But you know their IPO didn't go well for them either. So they tend to and you know then, jump and then sort themselves out. Curious That's what you really, think about that. That that is a hundred percent. That's such a good observation, by the way. <laughs> but listen, I, I think they know where the world is going because they can look at the data. They know that yeah. the world is going into VR, AR. Um, they know that they're trying. They've spent five, six years now investing billions of dollars into this, and so it's just an extension of where the world is going. And I always say this, like. If you see the Facebooks of the world doing these things, they've already spent so much money on data. They're the big, probably Google and Facebook are the biggest data companies in the world. And so they know where things are going or they're going to define where things are going. And then they're going to use that data and communicate and message to you in a way that gets you on board. And I, I totally agree that they do it in a sloppy manner, but so billion dollar bureaucracies sometimes do things in sloppy manners, by the way, I, I'm not for it personally. Uh, I think this is the destruction of society in many different ways. That's for a topic for another day, but 
I think they, they don't make a decision without data. I know Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg would never do that. And so they know where the world is going and they're building the company that will meet them there once the population starts going into this sort of metaverse. Interesting. Interesting. I just wanted your opinion. I just, uh, I have a lot of clients that are immersing themselves. So given your marketing genius, but let's go back to your book and the transfer from, you know, politics to the entrepreneur. I mean, the leap Mm -hmm. is very simple from what you described in the five steps. What are the challenges or objections you see though, with entrepreneurs leading with this, uh, with your strategy? Oh, such a good one. God, you're good. You're a good interviewer. Um, I never get good questions like this. So, um, well, I love your topic. I com- so I'm, a, I like, I it. It, we're, it, we're, it, we're, it, we're aligned. I love your topic. <laughs> um, I, I'll simply say it this way. One's committed and one's interested. Mm. So the politician is always committed because we have election day. There is a finite date, whether you win or lose, it's black or white. That's it's, awesome. uh, you know, it, it's win or die. That's it. If I know in nine months, I got to raise all that money, spend it all and and do everything I can. I got to innovate every day because I am in a bloodbath uh, sport. I'm in a blood sport. You are. Of political marketing. And so I, the, the amount of innovation that happens in political marketing is unlike anything anybody's ever seen. And in the book, the innovative marketing system, I lay out the history of how that came to be. It's pretty interesting, but the business world is different. It's, it's much more interested and less committed. It's more like, well, next quarter, our numbers should be around, like, you know, they, they talk in gobbledygook, right? And then, and the mistake I've made in, in having clients come into our, our marketing, corporate marketing agencies, I've taken uncommitted clients, not unknowingly. I don't do it anymore. Um, but people, mm-hmm. let's t- go back to that ADD. It's a good way to round it out. Um, entrepreneurs love to chase shiny objects. Yep. And... I have a shiny object, except for me, the only way it works to be committed to it, I don't have a get, I say this all the time, I don't have a get rich quick pill. I don't, anybody that's selling you that is a lion and I'm not going to lie to you. And I only have a get rich the right way pill. Probably, you probably think the same way in the way you look at your your brand. I do. That's right. And so I try to tell people that and they go, okay, yeah, I know I'm interested. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then about two months in, they go, Oh, this is this is hard work. Uh, you know what? There's a shiny object just down the road. I'm just gonna go chase that now, and that has been my big flaw and mistake is engaging those types of business owners. Doesn't mean they're bad people. I don't mean it that way. But I like to work with committed. I like to be with people who go, oh no, let's fight every day to be successful in this business because yeah. I got one life and I want to leave a legacy to my family or to my people mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And I don't want to be where I am now. In 10 years, I want to be 10X and it's going to take 10 years to get there. And man, every single company that has come in and had that attitude, we've helped grow. Everyone. That's why I called it the undefeated marketing system because every committed business, we grew. Every single one still to this day. We haven't had one business that has not grown under our system as long as they're committed. Yep. I love that because the same thing with becoming a millionaire. It's very clear. I need three to five years, not 30 minutes. And I don't have pixie dust I sell. I don't have little injections that are going to have you think the way I think or (laughs) do deals the way I do deals. You got to roll up your sleeves and and do the initial work for a lot of people, like just initial behavior, whether it's in money or marketing, because I think they're very hand in hand. Uh, Don't you find just the initial behavior of breaking 
I'm going to say really interesting patterns that they've acquired through their journey of being an entrepreneur. Like the first several months, sometimes year is pattern breaking. So what do you, do you, oh. do you see that? And do you see like, what do you see as your, the, the worst behaviors that you have to endure? Uh, mine is, I'll tell you mine, mine is making and spending money. If I could inject a pill called when you make money, you should invest it. Like we just make invest mm. instead of make spend. My God, your whole life would be different, but it could take years for that pattern to break. That's kind of my one that I have got to go after every day with clients. What's yours? It's a marketing space. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I would tell you, I probably have gotten to the, I'm probably better suited for the people that have already broken. Mm. So Say more about you, that. I, because people have to spend money with me. And when they spend money, they don't like in, not getting instant gratification. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so typically yeah. after about step two or step three, they go, oh, I don't, uh, you know, that's where you say, and I don't have time to break the pattern. So if, if someone's already broken the pattern and they get it. So like we have four clients right now, one's a 106 year old national furniture chain. They yeah. had the best three months in the history of their company this year, but they had worked with us for eight months before they got there. We work with a grain-free organic uh, granola company. Uh, and this black, after five months of working with us, they were hit Black Friday and in 2021, and they had the greatest Black Friday. They've been around for about 13 years, had the greatest Black Friday in the history of their company. We work with a national pest control company, and they've been around 41 years, and they, in less past May, had the greatest month in the history of their company. And then we work with a 27-year-old law firm out of New York who, in the past years, had the greatest months in the history of their company, but they had been working with us for almost a year, but they got there right? It's the same thing you teach, right? It's got to be like, you're yeah. going to get there. You just have to keep at it. And my yeah. track record is my track record. But if you can't do it the right way, then you're never going to succeed anyway. And I'm probably not that fit and I'm not going to break your pattern. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So tell us, uh, how do people get in touch with you? How did they get the book? Um, why, tell us, uh, tell us more. And I'd love to have you back. I'd love to dissect a few oh, entrepreneurs. Thanks and uh, keep our conversation going. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, you know, first of all, it's this, if, if you, um, you, know, in, you know, have your own business or know somebody and you wanna understand how your data could look, we do, do a, we do give a free data assessment. So my team will do a 30 minute call to talk about the data you have in your client, customer, subscriber network, and then how it would look uh, if we were to work within it. Um, and that's absolutely free. And that's philipstutz.com slash insights. Uh, you can also go to philipstutz.com. I have, like you said, I have a podcast called the Undefeated Marketing Podcast. I have a, a subscriber list that I never, ever solicit anything. I just write and send out my, my marketing tips to, and that's at philipstutz.com. And yeah, you can go to Amazon or whatever and buy uh, the Undefeated Marketing System. Awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, again, I want to have you back and we're uh, going to continue to talk before we again, though. Uh, are you still doing the political work? I mean, we've got some uh, interesting battles coming up in uh, in the Senate race this year. Yeah, we we are. Um, that, that's a that's a I have a very large political ad agency, and I think we're involved in about 15 U.S. Senate and governor's races around the country right now going into 2022. Um, and a lot of other races in between, but uh, yeah, we're 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 firing on all cylinders over there. 
Awesome. Well, it's great to have you. It's great to meet you. Those of you that are listening, uh, you always go to asklaurel.com, A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com. You can ask a question, make a request, and anything that you want to hear about here on our podcast will be filtered through there. Our team will call you right back within 24 hours. So look forward to our next conversation on Laurel's Real Money Talks. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks, Philip. No, thank you. So this is Laurel and you've been listening to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this, I have a couple things you can do that are completely up to you. Number one, take my quiz. Go to integratedwealthsystems.com and take the quiz. You will find that there's one of four personalities, financial personalities we call them, that you're going to fall into. So as you take the quiz, it'll actually go through and identify are you you know, uh, in stagnant cash flow, right? Are you overpaying taxes? Do you have debt issues? You know, are you a lifestyle junkie? Where are you? And then from there, it goes to a video that actually gives you some solutions on how to correct that problem. So again, go to integratedwealthsystems.com, take my quiz, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmeyer, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.